Mothers and fathers walk ahead. Brothers and sisters walk beside. And sons and daughters walk behind. And so, like, when you, when you think about that image, like I said, I tried to draw it and it didn't make any sense to me, but, but like, if, if you were the son or the daughter in the, in the picture, you have a father who's a father and a mother that's going before you. You have brothers and sisters that are walking beside you. And you have sons and daughters that are coming behind you. And in that picture, you're encircled. You're covered on all sides. And so the way that the generational chain continues is fathers become sons who have other children. Uh, daughters who become mothers that have other children. You see the picture? And so that way, every generation is constantly encircled by people who have gone before, people who are walking beside, and people who are coming behind. And so it's this, this almost like, a, like if you picture a rope, right? And, and the fathers are pulling the rope, and the sons are pulling the rope, and their sons are pulling the rope, and, and, so, and, and the, the sisters and the brothers come, and they help pull the rope, and, and the daughters and the children behind them are pulling, the, and we're all pulling together, going in the same direction. We're covered, we're circled, we're encircled, every one of us. We're all encircled. Um, and so I just, I just had that picture as I was thinking on Kyler's uh, prayer circle, and I, I just thought, man, that that is what this thing has to look like. Like that's our identity. That's our DNA is that we, we need to look at this house, this group of people. Um, uh, the reason why we do church is because we believe that there are mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and grandparents and so on and so forth, that, that we're all interconnected in this body of Christ and we're all walking together in the same direction. And some people have gone ahead of you simply because they're older than you. Um, and some people are behind you simply because they're younger than you. And some people you're going to look to your left and your right and they're walking the same speed that you are. But you always need that. You need people ahead, people behind, people beside. And... Um, and we're all walking toward the Father. We're all walking toward the Father. And that's the goal, right? So that's the purpose of the relationship. My Father should get me to the Father. My mother should get me to the Father. My brothers and sisters, take me to the Father, right? That's the, that's the goal. So if you, you interact with people and they're not taking you to the Father, then something's off, right? Something's off. So... um. With that in mind, I wanted to, to share just, just a few quick passages, and then we're going to do something different tonight. Um, so uh, let's, let's go to Job chapter 42. It'll be up on the screen. This messed me up, uh, and I didn't have time to unpack it in, uh, on Sunday. So... Um, I wanted to take the opportunity and do that here. So in Job uh, 42, right, this is, if you, if you were there Sunday, then you, you're, you're kind of tracking with us, right? God restored Job um, from the, uh, all of his uh, tragedies that happened. Um, and I talked about that last, or on Sunday, yesterday, so you can look back if you don't, uh, if you weren't here. 
So jumping right in, in uh, Job 42.11, it says this, Then came to him all his brothers and sisters, and all who had known him before, and they ate bread with him in his house, and they showed him sympathy, and they comforted him for all the evil, or another word for that is tragedy, that the Lord had brought upon him. And each of them gave him a piece of money and a ring of gold. All right, let's hang on right there for, for one second. Um, so first I, I want to just quickly address this, this one part, right? Um, all of the tragedy, all of the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Because like we talked about God's a good God, right? On Sunday. And um, in my filter, he doesn't bring evil on people. My father would not do that to me. Um, he's not going to kick me in the pool to watch me drown so that he can save me. Um, so uh, here, here's how I want to just unpack that just very quickly. Um, his brothers and sisters showed up, right? When did they show up? After what? After everything had been restored, right? He showed up afterward. Um, so the, the, the thing is, is man, uh, let's say, Stephen, you're, you're going through a hard time, and I hear you're going through a hard time, and I'm like, I've got my own junk to deal with, so like, I'm not going to engage with Stephen, I might say, hey, bro, be warm and well-fed, right? I hope you I hope you deal with that. But, like, I got my own stuff, right? So I'm not going to do that. And then all of a sudden, man, business is booming, right? The construction industry grows and, you know, up and to the right, everything's going well, family's doing good and all that. And I hear his fortunes have been restored. So I come back and I go, dude, man, what's up? You know what I'm saying? I'm so sorry that all this evil happened to you. I'm so sorry that this this tragedy and all this kind of stuff happened to you. And and so this this is the perspective of a group of people that in the natural were brothers and sisters. They were blood, right? They were they were natural brothers and sisters. Um for lack of a better word, we'll call them leeches. Um in this story, Job's family only shows up when it's good. Only when it's good. And if things are good, then they're here. They're there. They're for him. If things get messy, they're not there. And so I don't know if you've ever experienced that before. Um, people that are there for you in the good times and not there for you in the bad times, but they are around. <laughs> There are people like that still today. If you don't know anyone like that, you might be like that. I'm just kidding. But they show up when everything's good, right? Um, just to, uh, to kind of prove this point, um, look at uh, Job 6. It'll be up on the screen. Job 6, 15. This is Job talking about his family. Okay, Job says, My brothers are treacherous as a torrent bed, as torrential streams that pass away. 
All right. So um, just to kind of make some sense of that, uh, in Israel, Israel's a very dry place. It only rains for a very short season, um, like a month. It's, there's literally, like, it's not very long at all. And uh, in some of the areas around Jerusalem, it's very deserty, because that's a technical term for the desert, right? Deserty. Um, and so uh, in the desert areas in particular, but also in, uh, in even the places where there's greenery and stuff in Israel, um, there's, these, there's these areas where when it rains hard, it'll rain uh, significantly, and all of these areas where it was once dry, like you can see where it was a dry creek bed or a dry area, uh, they'll fill up with water. And then as soon as the rainy season stops, I mean, it's like instantaneous, the water's gone. And so uh, particularly in the desert, that can be a little scary because you might be able to find a watering hole and you go, oh, there's water here in this, this little stream in the desert, this area right here. And you go somewhere and you come back 10 hours later thinking that you're going to find water in that place and there's no water. That's what a torrent bed is. Torrential streams come, rain falls, when it's good, it's good, and then all of a sudden, boom, before you know it, it's gone. And so Job is saying, my family, my brothers and sisters, are only here when it's good. And when the rains are coming, here they are, but when the, str- when the, when the struggles hit, when the trouble comes, I'm going to try to go find a stream in the desert. I'm going back to that place to try to find help. And guess what? It's not going to be there. So um, I don't know if you've ever experienced that before, but like, you know, there's been times in all of our lives, I think, where we've, we've leaned in on someone or trusted that someone might be there for us and they just didn't show up, right? Um, because the reality is, is we're all not perfect. We, we've all, you know, not, not been there in some way, shape, or form. So um, this is what Job is saying, uh, is that, that this is, this is kind of the, the part of his family, right? They show up when it's good. Um, but listen to this, okay? They came to his house, and they ate his bread, right? They ate bread. And they showed him, listen to this, sympathy and comfort in him. They showed him sympathy and comforted him. Um, if someone wasn't there in the hard times, but only there in the good, uh, would you welcome their sympathy and their comfort? See, this is what one of those things that set Job apart. Um, Job still received their comfort because Job valued life. He had been through pain, and he had been through struggle, and he had been through hardships, and so he received their sympathy and their comfort. Why? Because Job had been through tragedy. Job had been through uh, hardship. And um, the reality is, is that none of us ever forget pain. Like, you know that old adage, forgive and forget? That's not real. You can forgive, but like forgetting... It doesn't work that way, at least on this side of eternity. It doesn't. Um, That's not been my experience, and probably all of you, it's not yours. Um, We don't forget tragedy. We don't forget pain. And so the the thing that I love about watching how Job interacted in this part of, of his restoration 
is that he had been restored and, and seen God's goodness to the point that it washed over even to the people that treated him badly. Even to the people that, that weren't there for him through the hardest part, he still became a stream of water for them. And, and on top of that, because you don't forget your pain, you don't forget your struggle, he received comfort from them. He received sympathy from them because Job valued family and he valued life. This passage could have easily read, they came back and Job said, peace out, guys. Don't come back here, right? You weren't here when it was bad, so you don't need to be here when it's good. No, he received them. And so uh, I just thought that was very significant um, because uh, his brothers and sisters didn't show what it was like to, to walk as a family, but Job showed what it was like to be a family. Like, I don't know if you have those, those family members in your circles, um, but you're the only source of water that they may have. You're the only source of water that they may have. And I'm not trying to put a performance thing on you and make you say, like, you got to get it together and you got to whatever. But listen, dude, Job had been through some pain and he had valued life. And because he valued life, he valued people, all people, even ones that had hurt him. And so I just want to encourage you, like, if we're going to take a page out of Job's book, um, this is one of those things. This is one of those notes that, that I personally need to take, that you, that we need to take, is that even if people aren't there in the bad times and they only want to be there in the good, you may be the only source of Jesus that people see. You may be the only stream that they have. And so... Um, I just I want to I want to just take a few minutes very quickly because um, we're going to do something different and talk about what brothers and sisters look like, what this family thing is supposed to look like. Okay, um, what it looks like to walk with a group of people that are literally walking beside you as brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay, and then we're going to practice it. Okay, so here it is. Um, Turn with me to James chapter 5. This is what brothers and sisters look like. This is just one example. All right, there's tons and tons in Scripture. But in James chapter 5, this is what it looks like. I probably should have found this in my Bible before I said it. Yeah. Okay. James Chapter 5 says, Is any among you, anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anybody cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who's sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, and someone brings him back, 
Let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. So here's, here's what uh, we're going to do tonight. We're going to do that. We're going we're gonna, to um, practice James chapter 5 together. Um, is anybody suffering? We're going to pray about that. Is anybody cheerful? Like, do you have a reason to have joy in your heart? If you want to sing, you can sing, all right? But we're, we're going to talk about that. We're going, to, we're going to praise the Lord for that. That where it says, let him sing praise, the, the word praise comes from the word psalm. Like psalms in the Bible. That's, we're, going to, we're going to speak of, of how good he is. Is anybody sick? Another word for that is weak. Are you infirmed? Are you, at a, are you weak right now? Is there a weakness that you have? We're going to anoint you. Um, it says, uh, let them pray over him anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord. When it says, anytime when it talks about someone's name in Scripture, literally, the, the, when it says name, that means that you're calling the power and the character and the identity of the person that you are calling their name. So when you call on the name of Jesus, you call on the name of the Lord, you're actually, you're actually pulling his character, his being, um, his identity into the story, into the picture. You're saying, we're going to pray in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus, you're, you're calling that in. Holy Spirit, that's uh, an anoint means to, to cover. You're going to cover people with prayer tonight, to anoint. That's why we use oil sometimes. Um, that's why we put hands on people, because we're covering them. We believe that that's, that's what we should do. Um, it says the prayer of faith will save the one who's sick. How do you pray? In faith. A faith-led prayer. Do you have faith tonight? If you don't have faith, ask for it. Where does faith come from? It comes from the Lord. How do you get it? You ask for it. You don't create faith. You don't conjure faith up on your own. You ask the Lord for it. That's where it comes from. He's the author of our faith. He sends our faith. So we ask for more faith, and we pray in faith. Um, And what does that do? It saves people. It also, another word for where it says save, another word is deliver. Like calls people out, delivers people out. Some people, um, maybe in this room or maybe people you know, maybe they need to be delivered. Maybe they need healing. Maybe they, not just an infirmity, like a sickness, like that you can see on their body, but maybe they have something on their inner self that needs to be healed. We're going to pray over that and for that tonight. Um. Lord will raise him up. If if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. We're going to forgive tonight. We're going to forgive places that has where there has been wrongs. What does a family look like? Family looks like an atmosphere where confession is good. Like I don't know about you, but like when I, especially when I've read through the Old Testament, when I look at when I look at a lot of brother and sister and relationship, like family stuff, it's always people trying to one up each other. And and even like just seeing like 
uh, close brothers and sisters and things like that growing up, I always felt like that was what I saw a lot of was like this spirit of competition. Like I'm going to be better than you. Um, in, in a, in a, a, a God centered spirit led family, there is an atmosphere that is conducive to confession, openness where you're missing the mark. It's okay to, to confess. It's okay to, to share where you're missing the mark because people, um, need to they they need to know that they're going to receive grace in order for them to confess right like if i if i go home thinking that my wife is going to beat me to pieces if i say something that i've done wrong then i'm not going to be super willing to just do that right but if I know that when I go home, if I confess places where I've missed the mark and I know that she's going to extend grace and love and, and pray for me, then I'm going to be super willing to, to, to show or share where I've missed the mark. So what does a family look like? It's an atmosphere where confession is good because people will receive grace and love and mercy and those things. Um, well, they'll be, where they will be encouraged it says the prayer of a righteous person has great power. Who's righteous? Uh, what? Raise your hand if you're righteous. Do it. I'm serious. Raise your stinking hand. Every single person in here, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You're righteous. Ephesians 6 says that we have to put on the armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness. Guess what? You're wearing that armor. If you're a follower of Jesus, Holy Spirit wants to remind you that you're armored. You have it on. Whose righteousness did you trade in? Your junky righteousness, like Isaiah says, my righteousness is filthy rags. You've traded that righteousness in for his righteousness, which is perfection. So now you have Jesus's righteousness in the place where it matters most. Who's righteous? We are. So the prayer of a righteous person has what great power. Did you know that when you pray, you release power? Like some of y'all are thinking that you're lighting off sparklers in here. No, dude, you're lighting off dynamite in the kingdom. I'm going to tell you, like I, you can cut this from the recording if you want to, but even the suckiest prayer like literally shakes the foundations of the supernatural world. I've heard stories, countless stories, of people just throwing up lame halfway prayers and the Lord just like dropping bombs on people. Because your righteousness is not about you. All the Lord is doing is saying, hey, you want to be a part of this? Because I'm getting ready to blow this dude's mind. You want to be a part of this? Let's do this. And if you say, okay, I'll do it. Hey, Jesus, help him. Like how, how, you know what I'm saying? Like how weak is that prayer? And then boom, like something happens, right? You're releasing like in the supernatural power, power. We carry power. Talks about Elijah and he prayed, right? That it wouldn't rain and it didn't. Then he prayed that it would and it did. You know what that says to me? We have the ability to stand under an open heaven. When we pray, heaven opens. Like, I don't know if you've ever thought about that before, but when we pray, heaven opens. And God leans in, and he goes, 
Yes. Heaven's open. Heaven opens when we pray. And it rains. His rain comes. He says if anyone brings someone who is wandering back, he will save his soul from death. Guys, the atmosphere that we're carrying as brothers and sisters is restoration. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of people that I interact with that need to be restored. They need restoration. And as a brother in Christ and as a sister in Christ, those of you who are sisters in this room, you bring restoration. Like I want you to embrace the anointing that every single one of us who just raised their hand because they're the righteousness of God in Christ understand what you're carrying. Not because you're that good, but because he's that good and he makes you that good. That's what you're carrying. Like there's no room to be defeated in here anymore. We're carrying restoration. We're carrying the power to to communicate under an open heaven. We're carrying that kind of power. So what I want to do for the next 20, 30 minutes is I want to walk through James 5 together in your groups. I've just encouraged you in the Lord, okay? You're the righteousness of God in Christ. You're fully armored, fully prepared. Whatever you pray, as weak as it might be, is opening heaven up and sending the Lord's warring angel armies to wherever it is that you are praying and asking. And so we're going to pray. We're going to anoint people that are sick. We're going to pray for the weak, pray pray for the broken. If you have a a joy in your heart, you're going to share that with your group. And so um, specifically, the part where it talks about anointing, um, I brought some anointing oil tonight. We're going to get real on it. And I'm just going to leave it up here, like right here. And so whenever your group gets to that part of the praying over the sick, even if no one's sick in your group, but you know somebody that's sick that needs to be anointed, you're going to stand in the middle and get prayed over. Okay? You're going to get prayed over. If you know somebody that needs to be restored, somebody that's lost, you're going to stand in the middle and we're going, to, we're going to pray. You're going to pray over them. Pray for the restoration. We're going to call out to the Lord tonight.